but you got to make like this choice. It's, it's really interesting, right? When I go out places, I don't give people a picture of the day of my birth. Like, hey, it's amazing. I was born this year. It's awesome. Look at me. I was born on this day. And if a baby is growing up correctly, the reason I say that is because many people define their existence by the day they got born again. That does not define. It's the beginning. Be like saying you went to kindergarten. You're 22 now. You went to kindergarten probably 17 years ago. And I've learned that maturity does not come in the kingdom by how long you've been around. It's by what you choose to do with truth. But many people are defined by that. It's, it's, it's actually a, a false finish, you know? Look at me. I graduated from kindergarten. I mean, I think it's cool. Like, I like kindergarten graduates. I just like little kids. So, like, I'll sign up for anything where they put them in, you know, put them in outfits and stuff. Like, that's awesome, you know. <laughs> but to be ridiculous, if I'm going around, I'm an adult now, and I'm showing people the picture of the day I graduated kindergarten. Also, if a child is untraumatized, the child does not come out of the womb going, Mom, Dad, this is how you have to spend money it would be totally dysfunctional. But many people come into the kingdom of God and they want to keep belief systems that they have about God and have about the way they do things. And they've missed the very foundation of how to live in the kingdom of God. Unless one is converted like a child, he cannot see the kingdom of God. One day they're, they, you know, like they think like, they, they were like doing like the charismatic, keep the people away from the man of God, you know. <laughs> and he's like, no, bring the children to me because if you don't become like one of them, you can never receive what I'm talking about. That's what he said. He actually used them as an example. So there's like this conversion place when we forsake all and choose to live by the word of God. And it's also a little... It, the, the enemy will convince you what is supposed to bring your greatest freedom is a place of fear. Like when you give up all rights to everything, especially if you've been really good at something, that's where it gets fun. You're like, Lord, I'll do anything you want me to do. You know, like I'll go to Africa. Like that's it right there. Usually he won't ask you to do that. Usually he'll just start with everything around you. So the power of choice. And there's a power to feeding yourself correctly. I remember years ago, I was um, actually a few, actually the next day after I had this encounter with the Lord, I began to, like, I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to know God. Because I had two, two desires in my heart. I wanted to know God, and I wanted to see everything in the Bible. That's the choice. So God, I gave you my life. I'll do anything you want me to do. Like, I'll leave college now, or, you know, just whatever you want me to do. I'm all in, you know. And I remember that first day, 
I talked to God. And I prayed like about everything I could think of. That's what you do, you know. You said, no, you don't have anyone teaching you. And, um, you know, I prayed for like dogs I had when I was like five and just like <laughs> relatives I hadn't seen in like years. And like, surely some time's gone by. And I remember uh, I look at the clock and like four minutes had gone by. And I remember thinking like, like I was hoping like for the angel to walk in, like I gave you my life, you got to show up, you know. <laughs> and I remember thinking, how do people talk to you? And what I didn't know then is that you have to begin to, with God's help, you can't do it in your own strength, but to begin to fuel your body correctly. And I also knew one verse that made me very, very dangerous, and it was this, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Yeah. I was like, you can't lie. And so I don't necessarily recommend this, but I remember... I just was like, okay, I'm not moving here for 10 minutes or 20 minutes. 30. I don't care if it's like the most 30, most boring 30 minutes. I'm not moving. And then God began to come. Then I discovered how to worship. And I discovered how to meditate on the word and all these different things. What happened? I was totally had never learned how to discipline my heart and my mind to receive from the Lord. But as you put the right fuel to the inside of you, it begins to crave realities. And this is really important. The reason this is really important to revelation knowledge is it's your hunger for the things of God that will open access to you to things that God wants to give you. It's really interesting. There's this, this really interesting story in Scripture. How, how many probably, I, by the way, I'm taking my time tonight, so I just decided I'm going to do that. I don't know what time I have to leave tonight, but um, if you finish before me, God bless you. <laughs> Figured you came on a Friday night and there's not live sports or anything going on, so... I promise you this, I'll finish when I think God is done. Yeah, I'm down with that. But there's this really interesting scenario that happens to me. I just find it incredibly fascinating. They asked Jesus one day, and obviously they observed him. And they go, teach us to pray, like John taught us. I, I read that one day, I'm like, how come that just wasn't a natural lesson that he taught him? Like, like, Talking to you, that's like man shall not live by bread alone. So how do, we, like, how do we do that thing? He doesn't offer the lesson. He doesn't go, hey, let me teach you how to pray. You're going to need it in this life. It's only when they ask him that they discover a fundamental in the kingdom of God. It's their hunger that elicits truth that he wanted to give them. But unless they asked, he wouldn't solicit to them. Look at Luke 24. It's fascinating to me. The reason this is really important is this. There are truths and there's understanding for the time and the seasons we live in 
that unless you position yourself in a place of hunger and true desire to understand, it will be inaccessible even though God wants to give it to his people. I'm convinced God has told me certain things because I wouldn't leave him alone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm like not making jokes. Like, I want to know about this. Sometimes he tells me it's none of your business. Look at 24. I, I'm not trying to go long. I just feel like we have to develop certain things tonight. Look at Luke 24, verse 5. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to him, how do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day and rise again. I want to pause there for a minute because this illustrates a principle that God can speak things and it goes way beyond the place that you're living. And unless there's a heart of faith, you won't be able to apply it in the correct moment. Now, here's the really good news with that. He actually says at one time, he goes, there's many things I want to tell you, but you can't bear them now. What's he telling him? There are things I, have to, I, I really would like to say right now, but because uh, your internal structure can't handle it, I can't unload, you, uh, unload that on you right now. That's why we have to grow and mature. Now, the important thing is here is not that they missed it because we've all missed a turn somewhere. Hello? Thank you. I've been there. The important thing is they stayed on this path and eventually they got what he was saying. But I don't want to wait too long to hear what he, to get understanding about what he's saying. And this great story here. Luke 24, 13. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day on, this is, this is verse 13, to road to Maze, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all the things which had happened. So was while they conversed and noticed, reasoned, reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but they, their eyes were restrained so they did not know him. So note, reason is not wrong. I, am a, I, I constantly think about things in reason, but reason cannot be your guide. There's a lot of unreasonable things that God will cause you to do. They said to him, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Notice he had already told them, I'm going to die and rise again, but they're still talking about where is he? <laughs> I've been there. Then the one whose name was Clepas said, are you only a stranger in Jerusalem and have not known the things which happen these days? And they said to him, they're talking to Jesus. They're talking about the one and they can't recognize him. Their eyes. Notice they had physical eyes. It was the eyes of their heart. He said to him, what things? And he said, the things concerning Jesus and Azra, who is a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all his people. Notice here, they're, they're, they can recite things about Jesus, but they don't recognize him in front of them. Can't understand certain things by intellect. It's got to be revealed to you. But they were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this today, today is the third hour since these things happened. And yes, certain woman of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. And when they did not find his body, they came back saying they had seen a vision of angels of who, of who said he was alive. Notice, they even come back and they're like, yeah, the sisters from the church came and told us 
They saw him. And he's standing in front of them and they cannot recognize him. I'm not, I'm not saying this in a critical way, these guys. I'm going, this, this is a, a possibility. I'm amazed. Uh, I can say this. I was talking with my pastor uh, last Saturday, and he goes, hey, I watched your webcast. I'm not going to say where it was from because it was recorded. But he said, I couldn't believe when you were delivering this word, there were people standing up and talking. He goes, it was one of the most... He goes, it just grieved me. He goes, you're giving this incredible word and people are just reading it casual. And certain of those who were with us who went to the tomb and found it, just the women had said, but, he, but they did not see them. Love this. And he said, oh, foolish ones, slow of heart to believe. Notice he touches on their heart. They couldn't handle it, but now they're about to be able to get it. And all the prophets who have spoken. Notice he's, like, he's saying, it's not just me who said this. It's the prophets who spoke about me, and you still don't get it. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and entered his glory? And beginning at Moses, I love this, and prophets, he expanded to them all the scriptures of things concerning himself. Then as they drew near to the village where they were going, he indicated that he would have gone further, but they constrained him. Position your heart to constrain him. Abide with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is far spent. And they went to stay, and he went to, in to stay with him. They decided if he was going to stick around. So there's something about a hungry heart. I always use this, I mean, we know this with our bodies, right? There's often these natural examples of how kingdom truth works. David said, his, you know, he talked about his nasty flesh. No, he said, my heart and my flesh cry out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, covenant. Holy Spirit didn't even live on the inside of him, but he, 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 I think he spent so much time in worship and I can connect with that sometimes. Sometimes I'm just like sitting there, working away in my office. I, I, I've already talked to the Lord. I'm, I'm always talking, but I've had my time with the Lord. And I'll just hear him. He's like, I just hear him like, hey, I'd like to spend some time with you. Okay, cool. And when he started doing that to me, I, I thought like I was so like, I'm a very type A, I, I got work to do. And I figured out that is the work to do in that moment. I tell people, like, even like uh, worship is my most creative place. I get the most profound understanding just through worship. I get these ideas that just stick in my head in worship. I used to think it was like the devil. Then I realized I just got to bring my notepad when I'm talking to him. <laughs> like, I'd be worshiping, Lord, I lift your name on high. And he'd go, Call Gene. I'm like, I'm worshiping the Lord, don't you know? <laughs> and I realized it was the book of Proverbs. Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. It's like, it doesn't always come. And most of my most profound things that the Lord has spoken to me are not in these profound visitations. <laughs> They're in this simplicity of just like talking with him. 
And then he'll t- like, he loves doing life with you. Just like as I'm worshiping, he goes, you know that thing you were concerned about? He goes, it's not a big deal. I've already taken care of it. And he goes, whatever you'd like to do in that area, I'll back it. And then he'll, then he'll tell me, yeah, you know that thing that you thought you were going to do? Don't do that. <laughs> Had this thing I was going to do like a year and a half. I, I was telling the Lord how it's a really good idea to do. And he goes, that's a really good Abner idea. That's not the idea I have. power of the word of God. When we choose to live by God's words, we choose the power of another world to divine our thoughts and behavior and our existence. Look at Matthew 13. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea, and the great multitudes were gathered together to him. So he got into the boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spoke many things to them in parables. Behold, a sower went out to sow, and he sowed some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured it. Some seed fell on the stony where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no death. But when the sun uh, when the sun was up there, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked. But others fell on good ground and yielded crop, and some hundred, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Notice this is a consistent theme, that he will speak things, and he's not talking about their physical ears. So I says that the eyes, Paul prayed this, that the eyes of what? your heart would be open, would see. This is the, the part about seeing is so important because you cannot step into things unless you see it from God's perspective first. You might visit areas in the supernatural, but unless you're consistently seeing correctly, you won't step into it. And you'll notice here, he sows the word, But where that word fell determined what that word produced. And notice that word is seed. God will always give you seed in your heart. And what you do with that seed is determined by how your heart is being guarded and how how you are walking out the things in your heart. But here's the important part also from this. When he speaks, he is giving you the seed of another world called heaven to come in your heart so that heaven can come to earth through your belief system. It is a power of another world, and the words he speaks are guaranteed. Look at 1 Peter. Since you've been pure, since your heart, since your uh, your soul, uh, excuse me, since you have been uh, purified, First Peter uh, one twenty two. Since you have been purified in your souls and obeying truth through the Spirit, sincere love of, of brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. When we choose to live by God's word, we enter into the process of being delivered from the world system and world thinking and living as God intended. How many of you realize we all come into the kingdom of God with very interesting belief systems? So what does he do? He tells us 
in John 15, he prunes us. He prunes us, so what? So that we would bear much fruit. Look at, let's read that. Look at John 15. Everybody still tracking with me? I know I've gone a while. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, what he prunes, that it may bear that may bear more fruit. So how does he do that? He does it through the word of God, which is a guarantee of what he has said. The power of the word of God. Now I will finally land the plane with this. Here's just some keys as well to walk out Revelation. Number one, receive the word and come into alignment with it. Is simple truth. And often, your reaction to what God has spoken to you or what you've read in the Word, it could, you know, He speaks multiple ways through teaching, instruction. When you hear things that cause you to be uncomfortable, it is often an indication of where your next place of deliverance is. <clears throat> I've also learned, said this many times, God is incredibly practical. That as he walks in life with us, that he offers us opportunities to teach us how we really believe. Uh, years ago, or, no, probably about two years ago, I got, I, I, I'm very blessed. I, I, I live, I, I don't get sick. I believe that's the will of God for every believer. So he took the curse from me. The reason God's so obsessed with blessing people and living in blessing is because there's a real devil and there's a real world system. You're either living in one or the other. People are like, does God curse you? No, but when you disobey, you're living under a curse. That's what's out there. That's why he's like, choose me. I want to help you. Every area of life. But uh, years ago, I, I'd gotten home from India the end of the year, and I think it was my last meeting before New Year's, and I, I did not feel well as I drove home. And I remember thinking, well, I just need some sleep sometime. That's what I need. So I slept in a little bit the next morning, get up, and I'm still not feeling so well. So the next day, I go, well, I probably just need a little more sleep. So I went to sleep and uh, still didn't feel well. <laughs> and I probably got the sickest I ever got as an adult. And uh, my doctor friend thinks I had walking pneumonia. And I don't ever want to revisit that. Because I've gotten sick before. And thank God, sometimes you can just sleep like all, like all day, even though it's miserable. But at least you're sleeping, right? You don't remember it. I couldn't sleep. Because I had this, <laughs> it's like coughing. And still had a cough three months later. But I realized, not that God put sickness on me. But I realized because I'd walk in divine health, I had not built up my belief system in that area. And so I grabbed those healing scriptures 
And it took me, I'll be very honest, it took me about three days to actually believe what I was saying. And I began to meditate on them. I remember just any area, you know, for the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, righteousness, goodness, self-control. Then I realized how little self-control I had. That was an early lesson. You know how God did that one? He gave me a boss that didn't like me. No, we laugh, but a lot of people are like, Jesus, deliver me of this job. And God's like, no, I got you exactly. Remember that prayer you prayed? I'm all in, God. I want to live like you. Yeah, put you right in the middle there. <laughs> because you can't learn these things except with practice. No, I'm really serious. Because when I was, I was 22 years old, when I was 22 years old, this is how I thought. I, I was born again, loved the Lord, seeing miracles, prophesying. And I knew how to call in my life, didn't know how it all happened. But if you told me something that I didn't like, I tell you why I didn't like it. <laughs> and if I felt like you were being unjust to me, I would tell you, I'd like, like, they're going to fire you if you say that. I don't care, I'll go get another job. <laughs> You're not going to do that to me. That's exactly how I thought. And then I got into a workplace where he did not like me. And I was used to being liked, too. That's another great thing that died on the inside of me. I mean, why would you not like me? <laughs> he didn't like himself. That was a real problem. That's another story. I found out why he didn't like me later on. But <laughs> so I remember. I still remember this. I, 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 it's like a week and a half into the job. And... Uh, you know when you think you're being spiritual and you got diapers on? Yeah. <laughs> like you think like you're like so like arrived, you know. <laughs> no, it's really true. People are like I'm on the prayer team. So what? <laughs> I'm the leadership of my church. <laughs> I don't mean Jack, you know. <laughs> Just means you have a position, you know. God bless you. <laughs> I'm not going to say what I just thought, but because um, it's not sanctified. And I told I said, Lord, I don't need to take this. You know, I got a college degree now. I'm in graduate school. I don't need this. I don't need it. And I was making $850 a month in that job because it's a graduate assistant position. And I always remember, because the Lord will help you. He will. When you want deliverance from something he wants you right in the middle of. He goes, that's right. You don't need, you don't. You don't have to take this. But if you don't stay in this job, I'm not going to do in my heart what I want to do. I said, the devil is a liar. <laughs> I did. I went to three different people. I'm telling you, godly counsel will save you. Went to three different people. I told them how bad it was. I leaned into every bad thing I was being abused of. And all of them like, I think we should, you should just stay. Six months after I finished that position, I, I never thought of myself as a violent person. So I, I, I'm very serious. I'm a very honest person. You know, back then, it was, you'd be like going postal, right? 
I would think like, that's really nuts. Why would anyone shoot up their workplace? It's gotta be really bad. <laughs> and I didn't wanna shoot up my workplace. Maybe just one person though. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I had those thoughts. I'm like, what is wrong with this person? And what I realized, it had very little to do with that person. It had everything to do with those buttons he was pushing on the inside of me. Six months after I finished that labor of love, <laughs> and I finished, I finished out, I finished well. The first person I ever worked for in ministry was about a hundred times harder to work for than that other person. I worked for them for two years, and I probably wouldn't be standing in front of you unless I had worked for them, because I was very naive. I thought when people were in ministry, that meant that you know they were whole just meant they were called. <laughs> but even to this day, I still honor that person. And they've still been a blessing to my life. As I learned how to react properly, even very difficult environments. So we get like these schools that God brings us into to teach us how to think properly, but also to identify, like, why is there anger inside of me? I shouldn't be angry because it's in there. And he just lets situations present you with the buttons that are pushing those things. Like, they make me so angry. No, you make yourself angry. I don't want to be around them. Well, ask yourself why you don't want to be around them. And they're all opportunities to receive healing and deliverance. Here's Mary. And Mary said, Behold the bond slave of the Lord, may it be according to your word. And literally it says there, for no word of God shall be void of power. For no word of God shall be void of power. You know, you don't have to understand it intellectually. Right? I, I, uh, it's like, I do this quite often, but I was last year in a conference in Washington, D.C., and uh, I wasn't ministering the first night, and I remember listening to, these, to, to, to the, the, this gentleman speak, and uh, when he got off the platform, I just grabbed his hand. I said, tonight I just received the word from the man of God. Because you don't want to let a moment go by where you dishonor what God just spoke in a room. You have to value the word of God like that. Second thing, meditate on that word. I mean, there's times where God will speak things to me that I'm so beyond that place of living it, but I just begin to meditate on that word. Why? What happens? You begin to, it, it, it changes something on the inside of you, just that meditation. Yes. I encourage people too, as, as you grow in the things, of, like I, 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 for years I would read through the Bible a year and I still think that's important, but probably for the last five or six years, I just get stuck in places. And sometimes it's just one scripture. Yeah. And I'll just sit there like, I, this is really good. And you don't need words. It's just going on the inside of you. Find scriptures for areas that you're struggling with. Back to Mary here. 
And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told by them. This is when the shepherds come and visit Jesus. But Mary treasured all those things. What does treasure mean? Preserve, to keep, to protect, to keep in one's memory. You'll find this twice in Scripture where she meditated on what she saw because when we see God in action, she had been, the angel had told her, he's going to be the Messiah. He's the promised one. I received the word. I give birth. She's actually modeling. She's this, she's this New Testament picture of modeling of what it looks like to walk out the word of God. And then he's born. Like, I want to go have conversations with Mary when I get to heaven. I think she's fascinating. I really do. Her whole, pretty much, her nation as a whole rejects Jesus as the king. And this, she's only a teenager, receives the word of God. And, and, and she's going to carry a stigma the rest of her life because she believed the word of God. Yeah. Yeah. There's a stigma to walking with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I, I'm not trying to upset anyone, but I'm just going to do what God told me to do. But she, she meditated on it. She kept it in front of her. So she, what, what happens? She receives the word, gives birth to Jesus, and now these shepherds showed up, and she goes, this is a supernatural sign of the prophecy God gave me about my son. And she remembers the moment. Supernatural intervent, uh, interventions and, and seeds that come into your life come to recalibrate the way you think according to revelation knowledge. Number three, and I am almost done, sort of. Here's another part of uh, meditation. Confess the word of God and allow what you're saying uh, to define how you see. There's something that you cannot get outside of your own voice saying the word of God over your life. I've learned you can hear it, but there's times you have to, like, say it. Why? Faith comes by hearing. Say it over and 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 over. And every time you're like, ooh, that doesn't feel right, identify the area of why it doesn't feel right. Not talking about by feelings, but when your thought is like, oh, I don't, that doesn't seem right, like, the blessing of the Lord makes me rich and has no sorrow. And something goes, ah, <laughs> you'll never be rich. It can't be right. I don't want to be selfish. No, he'll help you with all that. The goal is not wealth, but don't be afraid of wealth. Third, or fourth, have corresponding actions. I've noticed that uh, to begin to walk this path, there is, no, there is no discipleship path. There is no life of walking as God intends unless there's practical expression. You have to put, and, and I just say, just start where you're at. I remember years and years and years ago. I think part of the reason... He, he put me in, in that graduate school is to make 850 bucks a month to teach me how to live by faith right off the bat. <laughs> I'm serious. Wasn't enough to pay the bills, but always the bills got paid. And I remember even that season, 
when he started to really teach me about giving. Give $100. I said, the devil is a liar. $100. I got $650 in the bank or something like that. You know? And I, you know, I, got, you know, I got needs. I got bills. Give $100. Why? Faith always requires action. But learn that he's not just trying to give you a moment, like momentary body obedience, that's really good, but he's teaching you about a lifestyle of how to live from revelation. He's trying to get you to develop habits in that area where uh, you don't question what he's saying anymore in certain areas. Where before I needed deliverance when he asked me to give certain amounts, now it's just, yes. Yes. Not because I'm better, it's because something on the inside of me has changed. Why? Because when you, when you begin to practice living by revelation, you develop habits that become involuntary responses to God speaking to you. What are habits? You remember when you learned how to drive? At least me. I need lots of help. Check the mirrors, check your blind spots, and then pull out of the driveway. And I could hear my dad's voice in my head. Now, when I pull that, well, I pulled out front ways this morning out of my driveway. I don't think about those things even though I'm doing them. I've developed habits. I'm still making choices, but they're involuntary responses to the environment around me. My environment is not dictating how I'm driving. The things that I've learned and practiced are now defining the world that I live in. That's the goal of God. I don't know why the Lord had me touch on this topic tonight. But I do know this, that there are things open in this season for the people of God that have never been open to any other generation. And I believe that we have the privilege of living in one of the most unusual times in history to represent him properly. And I want to encourage you to make sure the lens by which you're seeing things is not incorrect. There are probably in America so many different narratives right now trying to define the lens of the people of God. And I want to tell you, and I believe this with all my heart, the answer is not in the natural philosophies of the earth. The answer is in the realm of the kingdom of God. Did you receive this word? Yes. If you receive this word, just lift your hands if you would. Mokoto otoroboyo. Thanks for listening and being patient to hear what felt like God had me delivered tonight.
I just see tonight like the angel of the Lord wanting to release like these scrolls of revelation to the people of God. It's like thoughts, ideas, concepts, insight, understanding. And it's like the open heart, the heart of hunger that's willing to receive what God has to say that will receive the purposes of God, that will carry the purposes of God for this generation. And I see like these two really big angels and it's like they're a sign to the Cincinnati region and beyond. And the Lord says, arise, city of Cincinnati. Arise to be everything I've created you to be. Arise to be a place of dreaming. For indeed, the Lord says it is like a Joseph type of city where I want to birth dreams for deliverance of the city where I want to birth deliverance for justice in this city and righteousness in, to reign. So the Lord says, arise to his people in the city of Cincinnati. Arise to declare and to pray from the place of righteousness and justice. Arise in the place to see deliverance for this city. Thank you, Lord. Shoko otoromoyo toroboyo mendere boho shotorobokoyo shitarabakara boho shotoroboko toromoyo otoroboyo. For there is a deliverance that's yet to happen. There is a deliverance that's yet to happen in this city and in this region. And the Lord says, My hand is not too short, and my provision is not too short for the city of Cincinnati and the state of Ohio. But the Lord said, it is the people of God, it is the people of God that will determine how this city and this state shifts for the purposes of God. For there are things, even says the Lord, that hang in the balance in the purposes of God, and it must be the people of God who, who move into the heavenly place and receive and declare and manifest that which I desire to do in this city and in this region as never before. And the Lord says, many, many, many of my people have been blinded in this season and they've been caught up in political ideology and political ways and even religious ways of looking at things. And they have actually cursed the moment that they're in. And so the Lord says, there are clear words. There are clear words that I desire to speak even to this state and even to this region. And even tonight, says the Lord, I am cleansing the airways for my people to hear and to see correctly. And the Lord says, there is an open door. There's an open door for my people to dream and to see and to feel and to understand as never before. For even as my people have been blinded, there has been a remnant in the great state of Ohio. There's been a remnant even in the city of Cincinnati who have prayed and moved in proper authority. And the Lord says, now through the intercessions and even prayers and even worship, the Lord says there'll come a new sound of worship in the next six months as never before. There'll come a new sound of worship that will release a roar 
a roar into this state as never before. And you'll begin to see this uh, state being realigned. And a spirit of revelation will unlock people's eyes and ears to hear. And there will be an accompanying harvest of souls as never before as the people align properly. But that yet, the Lord says there is a, an even warning for the leaders in this state that it cannot be accomplished on your own. It cannot be accomplished on your own. It, it cannot be accomplished on your own through your own ministry and even through your own local assembly. You must join arms together. And so the Lord says there is a connecting in the spirit. I see like this fire of God just connecting leaders, a fire connecting leaders, a fire connecting connecting leaders, a fire connecting leaders for alignments, for realignments, for some to forsake incorrect alignments so that the will and the purpose of God can come forth. And the Lord says, apostles and prophets in the great state of Ohio, rise up and join together to be one sound in this state. For indeed, the Lord does say, as Ohio goes, so will the nation go. And so the Lord says to his people in Ohio, stay on the wall and do not be moved by what you see. For even in the coming weeks and months, you'll see even difficult and even challenging things that will cause you to even question if the will of God will be done. But I say, stay the course and stay the path, for I've already seen the end from the beginning and victory is your portion. And there is land to be taken in this season. There is land to be taken in this season. There's land to be taken by my people in this season for the purposes of God. The Lord says, do not think it a small thing for the reason I've gathered you here tonight. I've gathered you here tonight to receive a marking and a revelation and understanding for the times and the seasons that you live in. For this is a strategic gathering of the purposes of the Lord. And I'm marking my people to release a fragrance in the knowledge of who I am and delivering them of even religious and wrong ideas about who I am in this season for the purposes of God. I caution you to not find your identity in alliance with a political party or a political system, but stand in the counsel of the Lord to declare the will of God. and the goodness of God to a people desperately in need. And the Lord says there'll be a preceding word. If you'll receive it tonight, there'll be a preceding word that will come out of your heart. For there is an activation of the fire and the power of God to speak and declare his word everywhere you go. And to be a sign and a wonder to those around you. And there are some in this room, says the Lord, you're like Joseph's. You've been waiting many years and God has spoken certain things. And the Lord says, indeed, I will fulfill that which I've spoken to you. But there's a readjustment and realignment tonight, says the Lord. It's raining again. 
just encourage you, just lift your hands. Just receive the reign of the Lord. Increase your presence, Lord, in this room. It's like a fire of God here. There's an angel of fire. We just receive your fire. More, Lord. Lord's healing somebody's lower back. Just be healed. Somebody's right shoulder. Lord's healing somebody's right shoulder. Somebody's right knee. The Lord's healing somebody's right knee. There's rivers in desert places that I'm calling my people to. And there's a call, says the Lord. There's a call to step out in faith. There's a call to step out of the boat. There's a call that can only happen in activation and action in this season. Raise up, Lord, the bride. That will do as you say. That will do as you say. That will speak as you say. Regardless of what it looks like in in this state, Lord. And there's a river of God running deep under the foundation of the church in Ohio. It's a river of cleansing. I'm cleansing the pipes underneath the ground. I'm cleansing them of wrong motives religious ideas and there's a cleansing that I desire to do that's even happening right now and there's a repositioning of my people for my people have thought of me too small and I'm way bigger than they've thought my people have thought in terms of buildings and church structures and I think in terms of cities and nations being taken I think in terms of heaven coming to earth. I think in terms of new economic systems. I think in terms of the dead being raised. I think in terms of not being moved by what you see, but what I've said. I think in terms of changing weather patterns. So there's an invitation to come up higher, to come up and see the beauty of the Lord. And allow yourself to be put on display. And allow yourself to not worry about your reputation. There's an invitation to come up higher. Come up higher in how you see. Come up higher in how you see yourself. Come up higher in what is possible. There's a shattering tonight of the limitations off the people of God. 
I desire your thinking to be higher. I desire your vision to be higher. I desire you to see from the unseen realm. I'm telling you, there's like oil and there's like a healing power. Anything you have, somebody's like intestines. Your intestines are being healed. Just be healed. Just be healed in Jesus' name. I want to put my people on display. I want to break in to my people's gathered communities where my people won't know if they're in heaven on earth, but I'm going to break the veil that has held so many people back from understanding secret things and mysteries. And Lord, the Lord says, I want to give my people keys of understanding, keys for breakthrough, keys in educating children, keys for prosperity, ideas for businesses, ideas to break through. And the Lord says, you can rest in me. I'm telling you, there's a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit right now of oil. Some of you actually like have oil. Whoa. Just lift your hands. Father, in Jesus' name, I just release just a now fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. And I release to you rest. And I declare that there's a door of encounter opening for you, a door into the beauty of the Lord. I declare that the Lord, uh, Psalm 37, 4, that you'll delight yourself in the Lord, that you'll know the pleasure of knowing him, that your greatest desire would be to know him. That your greatest desire would be to know him. That your greatest desire would be to know him. That your greatest desire. Thank you, Lord. God will speak to you right now. God will speak to you right now. Just hear him. It's 1 Samuel chapter 3 moment where Eli instructed Samuel, just say, speak, Lord, for your servant 
It's listening. There it is. Spirit of revelation. Now! Whoa. Right there. Right there. Years ago, I received this profound impartation of a spirit of revelation. And I could feel something physically drop in my spirit. So some of you will feel that tonight. Now. 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 Receive spirit of wisdom and revelation. That the eyes of your understanding would be open. The things you couldn't understand even two minutes ago, your understanding's being given. That God would visit you in the night. Let's just pray in the spirit for a few moments. Some of you may, maybe have never done this, but I encourage you this next week as you pray in the Spirit, ask God for the interpretation. Now let's just pause here. There's, a, there's an impartation of just the fear of the Lord. Whoa. The weight of God. Whoa. Ooh. I see Jesus touching some of your ears to hear tonight. It's never before. I don't normally say things like this, but I feel like some of you came here for a word from me, and God's giving you a word right now. This is your moment. Whoa. 